Did you know that college universities are getting involved with small and mid-sized businesses, helping them increase business value? I didn't either. I had the privilege of interviewing Mark McFatridge of Butler University to learn how Butler is aligning the Lacey School of Business to serve the business community. Stay tuned to see how they're poised to do great things in the Midwest. Today, 80% of businesses don't sell. To be a part of the 20% that do, and at maximum value, you'll need a successful strategy. Welcome to the Defenders of Business Value podcast, where we interview today's top professional advisors who help business owners create, preserve, and most importantly, transfer value. If you want actionable tips that will increase your business value, stay tuned. The podcast starts now. I'm your host, Ed Meisigland. I teach business owners how to identify and remove risks in their business so they can sell at maximum value when they want, how they want, and to whom they want. On today's show, I'm delighted to welcome Mark McFatridge, the director of the Old National Center for Closely Held Business at Butler University in Indianapolis. As director, Mark works closely with privately held businesses to help assess and achieve company strategies by connecting them with ideal partners and resources. Prior to joining Butler, Mark held executive and strategic leadership positions in the financial sector for almost 30 years. Mark retired from banking and entered small business ownership with the purchase of one company and the startup of a second. Mark earned his MBA in finance and his undergraduate in accounting from the Andres B. Lacey School of Business at Butler University. Welcome to the show, Mark. Thanks, Ed. Really appreciate the opportunity. Well, I gave a, a high-level overview of you in the center, but uh, do me a favor and talk a little bit more about you, where you where you came from, and certainly about the the new center at Butler. Yeah, no, excited about that. So, yeah, born and raised in Logansport, Indiana, uh, Butler University undergrad uh, in accounting. Uh, funny, I w- went into public accounting right out of school and hated it almost from day one, and then moved into banking. And banking was pretty much uh, 95% of my career after that. It's, it, it's been a great ride. Uh, started out here locally, uh, did everything on the retail side, all the way through commercial credit to commercial banking, earned my MBA from, from Butler and Finance, and, and then moved to what was then Union Planners Bank and, and became Regions Bank. Uh, Regions gave me the opportunity to lead a, a, one of their markets in uh in Missouri and did that and then moved to the community banking world uh, where I was the president and CEO of, of some banks and did some turnarounds. Uh, the last turnaround we did, we sold to a publicly traded bank in Little Rock, Arkansas, and that took us down there uh, uh, and was the CEO for that organization for two and a half years. Uh, retired from banking and, and uh, uh, bought a couple of little companies. So I, I moved into the small business ownership world and, and, uh, and then had the opportunity to, to come back and, and serve my alma mater with the, the old National Bank Center for Closely Held Business. So really excited to be here, and, and uh, it's we're, we're having a good time. It's a fun time to be back on campus as well. Well, certainly Butler is rocking in the, uh, in the changing of the business landscape. So universities are getting more aligned with the business community, and Butler seems to, especially with this new, new center as well as – the Lacey School of Business, it seems as though, you know, Butler is really trying hard to become, I, I say a line, but um, more of a hub for for small and mid-sized companies. Can you tell me why why are universities getting into that? And and I know Butler's leading the way, but can you can you talk a little bit more about some of the, the leading things that Butler is doing? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you the trend I think 
the the whole universe is, is is kind of transitioning from book learning to experiential learning and and you know when when I was on campus and and you were here too that you know you just sat up there and you listened to the the professor speak and 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 kind of go from there and and it's it's really flipped it on on its head to to now the students are getting their hands dirty and they're they're doing some real world experiences uh, and and learning that way and so you know one of the the biggest reasons for that trend of engaging the the local business community is to really find out what they need in terms of, of students when they come out and join the workforce. And so it's a really cool opportunity for us to just, you know, put people out there and ask them uh, what they need and then start to start to direct our curriculum to, to match what the, uh, what the companies are searching for in, in recent college graduates. Um, from, from Butler's standpoint, you know, I think in, in how we're leading the way, and, and, and I do think we are leading the way, is it started and many moons ago by requiring two uh, internships before you're graduating. And these these are real internships, not like you're making making copies and getting coffee for people. Um, and and frankly, in fact, Bloomberg named Butler as as the top ranked university in the country for internships in 2016. So you know it's a really cool way to get started. But then we went to a whole nother level um, in 2007 with the establishment of the Butler Business Consulting Group. Um, and, and that's really a, a team of professionals that are on staff and students that are helping companies solve problems with um, and, and expertise. And they, they, they kind of focus on five uh, different areas uh, to help businesses, but it's business strategy, growth, uh, operational discipline, financial optimization, and human capital. Uh, and so that, again, that took that to a whole nother level, this engagement with the, the business community. And today, now, when you come in as a freshman in the School of Business, the first-year students create their own business plan. As a sophomore, they actually launch a company, and, and that's called the Real Business Experience Program. Uh, and then, in addition to that, we have student-run investment funds, we have a, a student-run marketing firm and a student-run captive insurance company. Um, all, all of that to really focus on that experiential learning. And then you talk about the commitment that we're making on the building. Uh, it's about 104,000 square foot brand new building that opens up in about two weeks. Uh, $50 million price tag, and but it's really designed to engage the the entire business community. So I, I think you know Butler's identified you know what. What, how do we need to figure out what needs to be out there? And then I think we've listened to it and, and we've, we've started putting people and, and putting our money where our mouth is and, and, and really uh, designing the facilities, the curriculum, uh, just how we interact uh, to make sure that we're serving the business community. Can you talk a little bit about you know, how, how a small business owner in the community interacts with Butler. Yeah, so there are a variety of ways. Uh, you know, I've already mentioned the Butler Business Consulting Group. So, so that group, um, with its with its focus on, on those five areas, you can a, a small business can engage with the Butler Business Consulting Group. They're going to get world class uh, consulting uh, and uh, help about help provide some value in the education of experiential learning to, to the students that are there, but benefit also from, from those professionals that, that lead it. So that, that's certainly one way. Uh, the other way is the, the old National Bank Center for Closely Held Business. Uh, we are designed really to help 
established companies uh, achieve success. And that that definition of success is unique to each one of those companies. And one of the ways that, that we do that is when we onboard a new member, we have a member analytical package that consists of, of four different things. You've got uh, a, a business valuation. So it's always really important to, to have an idea of what your company is worth. We do a business assessment, which is really kind of a SWOT analysis for uh, how your business operates to help identify where your where your strengths are and where your opportunities to improve are. We perform an employee experience survey, which is really a, a culture survey to, to, to dig down into what makes your company run and, and how they do it, uh, as well as a, a voice of the customer survey, which is uh, a, a really uh, important and deep dive with their customer uh, to see what that engagement's like, to help identify differentiation, uh, opportunities, points of lag, that type of thing. And so that does a really nice job of helping our member company get a good grasp of where they are today. And then, Ed, we take that information and we work with that client to help them figure out what they want to be when they grow up. And then we, we look at the whatever gaps may exist between where they are today and, and, and then uh, what they want to be when they grow up and, and then connect them with some of our accredited partners that, that can help them get to where they want to be. I got you. So, yeah, that, so, so that, that's just a, a couple of uh, ways that, that we can engage with, uh, frankly, businesses of any size, but, but certainly when you look at um, Indiana and, and, and certainly the Midwest, you know, those closely held businesses uh, are, are, are really vital to that whole economy. So, so we're, we're really set to, to work closely with, with uh, privately held, uh, typically smaller businesses. Okay. When you say smaller business, what, tell me what the avatar is. Yeah. Uh, you know, generally for us uh, uh, at the Center for Closely Held Business, we're looking at that $5 million to $50 million range in revenue. Um, closely held, meaning that whether it's a family-owned entity, whether it's you and I go in as a, as a business uh, group to, to, to own a company or, or, you know, again, just, just closely held a, 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 a smaller amount of investors, um, not, not public, not publicly traded, let's say it that way. Um, that, that's who we're set up to provide some, some services to that, that we think could be beneficial. Okay, so, so the consulting group is different than the center or no? Yes, that, that's correct. So, so the uh, Butler Business Consulting Group operates independently. They're a for-profit arm of the Lacey School of Business. Uh, that we actually work very closely with them to perform that member analytical package. So, we will be uh, working and engaging with the Butler Business Consulting Group to perform the member analytical package for our members. Old National Bank is is integral in the relationship with Butler. So are the, are they a funding source? Where, where do they fit in, in the, all of this? Yeah, no, they, they really are. It's been just an incredible relationship and uh, you know, old national bank basically did the same type of analysis that we did and really saw that, you know, in the state of Indiana alone, that there are over 500,000 closely held businesses that employ more than two and a half million people. That's just in the state of Indiana. That is their, that's kind of their bread and butter of, of the type of clients that they serve. And so when we approach them with this opportunity back in, um, well, I guess we finalized in May of 17, 
they were all over it. They thought this was just a great opportunity for them to contribute back. Uh, and yes, they, they wrote uh, or made a commitment of $5 million to support the center uh, to keep it, to get it off the ground and running and, and doing the right thing so that we can help closely held businesses be successful. Got it. So coming back to the to the uh, consumer journey, so to speak, I'm, I have a business. I show up at the center and and you do you do my assessment. So then then what happens then? Uh, so now I have uh, all this information. There's uh, uh, obviously holes that uh, I didn't know about who did, I guess who did the work, who who is coaching me and how how does all of that work? Yeah, great, great question. So, so we get the results back uh, from the Butler Business Consulting Group, and then either me or uh, some of our uh, volunteer advisors will sit down with the member. And these volunteer advisors are going to be typically are going to be retired CFOs um, that that just want to contribute and help and help out, but can also provide some some ongoing kind of guidance as as uh, as the membership continues to grow. So we'll sit down, we'll take the results of the member analytical package and compare them to where the company wants to be when they grow up and identify those gaps and really walk through and prioritize how do, how do we go about, how do we go about addressing these to help your company be successful in whatever that is. And, you know, it, it, it's interesting. The definition of success can vary all over the place, right? You could have a, a multi-generational uh, company and their, their definition of success is to make sure that that transition to the next generation happens smoothly. You could have a company that's growing like crazy and they have the ability or capacity to go public. That That's their definition of success. Or you could have a group that feels like, like you know, if they maximize their value, it's time to sell and exit. And so all of those things uh, really play into what that definition definition of success is, which then helps determine helps us determine what partners we have accredited partners in uh, twelve different categories that we can reach out to and bring on and make the introduction. The company and the partner will can contractually engage with each other, and then we'll help facilitate that relationship as needed, and and uh, again kind of follow it along the process. To make sure that uh, these companies are getting the access to to great partners that that uh, will help them achieve their success. What I guess what are, what's the maximum number of members that that the center can can hold, so to speak? Yeah, it, it, it's really unlimited, frankly. Um, you know, we'll, we'll start slowly. We want to make sure that we're bringing on uh, and, and treating and providing great service to these members when they onboard. We want to make sure and continue to reevaluate to make sure that the analytical package is uh, is doing what we intended it to do and they're getting great service from that. Um, so, but as we're able to, to continue to expand and move on and, and bring more advisors on really that anal or that, uh, membership base can, can grow almost, uh, you know, almost without a cap. You know, I, I think if we start getting over the hundred to 200, that, that, that'd be a really nice, good number that, that we can start bringing, uh, member, uh, leadership together and, and, uh, start doing some, some, um, 
additional consulting, whether it's on family-based businesses, whether it's on leadership development, whether it's on um, really whatever, it, uh, we, that'll give us some more depth to the types of products and services that we can we can offer to our members. And after the initial assessment fee, I mean, it's it's all inclusive, or is there additional cost beyond the the initial membership fee? Yeah, no, the initial membership fee is $10,000, and that includes the, the member analytical package. That includes attendance uh, at two of our uh, semi-annual conferences, um, and then, then the access to our accredited partners. So, so that's year one. And year two, that, that annual fee reduces to $5,000. It includes a, um, uh, an updating of that analytical package and as well as the attendance at the conference. So, uh, it, it, for, for those size companies, uh, it, it, it's a, it's a pretty inexpensive, um, investment in, in understanding where they are and where they want to be. And, and having the connectivity to these tremendous partners that we've been able to add. Yeah, the one of the one of the things, and and in in working with business owners, I mean, what one of the challenges that I think everyone has is is divulging and and coming to you know this is my business, you know, and there there's a level of either you're you're really proud of it, and then then you get the gut check on oh maybe there's a bunch of things I could have done. Or it's, you know, there's a, a level a level of embarrassment um, where there's some reservation of look, I don't, I, you know, I don't want to show you um, kind of thing, and we see it, we see it a lot in that type of situation. I mean, I'm assuming all of everything that they share with the university is is confidential, correct? That that that's correct. Yes, um, you know, over time, uh, and and this would would only be with with a member's um, authorization. What we would love to do over time is utilize the data that, that we gain uh, from these analytical packages to d- help our professors do some case studies. So, you know, if we can watch a, a, a variety of, of companies, of member companies grow, and we can see the value of their company grow and, and the correlation with uh, the customer engagement or the employee experience, the cultural survey, Man, what what a what a cool bunch of data that we can help provide some of our professors as they continue to do research and, and become published. But obviously, we would not do that without a a member's authorization. Uh, and and certainly up front, everything is uh, well. It's always confidential unless we get some authorization to do some other things. When you look at the the, the businesses that you're 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 working with, and you you've done the assessment. You know, you've got availability for case studies because they've been a member over time. You know, where do where does it end? I mean, what what is what what is defined as success with a with a member? Yeah, I think it. Yeah, I think it depends. You know, I think each each uh, company has an individual definition of success. So some, um, uh, you know, maybe may wanting to help help pass down to generate to from generation to generation. Some may want to go public. Some may just be focused on growing their valuation of their company and, and uh, you know, for, for long-term growth. Um, others may be seeking operational efficiencies. Um, so I, I, think, I think the, the goal of, of what they get out of the, of the center 
can vary every year or every two or three years. And, and they just continue to update that. And the, and that's the cool part about it is the, the categories of partners that we have, we can really make that introduction and help them do whatever they want to do to achieve whatever they want to achieve. Yeah, certainly Butler has the horsepower to do it these days. No doubt. And this goes back to to my one of my initial questions was why why are universities getting into this? And and that I mean it's it's happening more and more across the country that that more are talking, you know, there's uh, uh schools that are offering business valuation designations or or uh classes associated with that. Um there's a number of them that are uh, some similar to Butler, where they talk about transitions and risk management. I mean, why would why get into that? There's there's got to be another uh, an easier way to do it than than to build a center and to try to 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 corral the small business. Yeah, well, I, I really, and I think it I think it really boils down to broadening the definition of a student. You know, today a student is no longer just an, an 18, 19 year old undergrad that's coming straight out of high school or, you know, a professional that's seeking their, their, their MBA. It, it's now we can say that, you know, we're, we're in the, we're in the business of, of, of educating people and that education can be, you can run your business better. You can, you can, you can grow more value in your company. You can, um, identify ways to, to work with, within family business situations. Um, so it, frankly, it, it's just broadening the definition of a student. So it, it stays within our mission. It's just a unique way to, to expand that, that definition of a student and, and help them get to, to get to where they want to be. So, you know, while, while, you know, the age may be different, it's really no different than, than helping that 18, 19 year old. It's, it's teaching them things that they didn't know before and, and that are valuable to them. And, and help them accomplish their personal and professional goals. Yeah, I, I I totally agree with you. In fact, as I as I as my my two daughters are are approaching college and you know hopefully entrepreneurship, you you don't want them to pay the the tuition outside of school. You know you don't you don't want them to 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 not understand credit and and how a business works and the flow of cash in and out of out of a company and like you said, culture and value and all those things. So I can totally see how it would be of, of value for, for the students. And I think that uh, a lot of business owners will, will certainly embrace and embrace this because like I said, there's just so much horsepower and so much information that's floating out there that when you can put it into a collegiate setting, where it's synthesized and distilled in a fashion that you can understand it. I mean, I think that that is very powerful. I would be remiss to talk about the um, small business development center also under the hood of, uh, of the center. Can you talk a little bit about it? Yeah, we, we have just a great partnership with the uh, uh, central Indiana small business development center. Uh, Andrew Cardi is the leader of that group and just does a, a tremendous job. Their focus is very similar to ours. They provide a lot of guidance, a lot of education, but their focus is just a little bit different. They focus uh, more on startups and much smaller companies. Um, and and uh, there's no there's no annual fee to, to to join the SBDC, but they do a great job of just sitting down with 
business owners or prospective business owners and walking them through things that they need to keep their eye on, helping to introduce them to bankers or attorneys or CPAs who can help them with their financial reporting or banking needs or whatever to, to get them to, to what they need to live their dream of owning their own business. Um, so it's been a really great partnership. Uh, we've got a great referral source, uh, refer, referral network back and forth, uh, as their, as their companies kind of graduate is, is kind of our joking term as they graduate from the SBDC. You know, they, they can move into the, uh, old national bank center for closely held business. Uh, if we have some that come to us and they're not quite at, at that level, either from a revenue, uh, space or, uh, just an organizational space. They're just not quite ready for us. It's a really easy referral because I know that those folks over there are doing just some tremendous work. And, and, uh, right now they're kind of nomads. They, they don't have offices on campus, although they're on site quite a bit. But once we move into our new building here in a couple of weeks, they'll be right, literally right beside us, uh, in, in the new building. And, and that'll even help facilitate, uh, more, uh, growth of, of our relationship of one that's already really great. Yeah. And, and again, those, those guys are, are, are great to work with. We, we send, uh, we send our folks down, th- down there too. So it's, it's great to see you, uh, working from cradle to grave, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's been fun uh, as we start to explore uh, various partnerships. Um, there's a, a, a new group in town, uh, uh, well, it's being put together by an attorney at Ice Miller, Christina Fugate, called the Indiana Franchise Association. And, and so we're doing some, some work with that group. And, and again, it's all about that education of, you know, between franchisees and franchisors, what, what are their needs to, to help grow? And, and so I, I think we'll continue to expand our partner base um, as, as long as it makes sense and as long as it continues to, to fall under that umbrella of, of, of education. Uh, I, I think you'll see us continue to partner more and more. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it, it truly, it is, a, it is a real special place and, and, uh, Butler has just poured gas on the fire as far as entrepreneurship goes. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you and I got here before they got before they got really good. We never got accepted. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> oh well, I want to be sensitive to time, so my my last question that I give everyone is: What's uh, one piece of advice to give uh, our listeners that would have the most immediate impact on their business? You know, one of one of the things that that I've learned over the years, and and it's been in business, and and really can be applied to your personal life too, is to listen to understand, not to respond. And as as I kind of put that in a business perspective, if you can start to engage your employees at every level, and listen to understand what their needs are, what they're seeing on a day to day basis. And then help them engage and 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 put that uh, action uh, in motion. Man, you're you're going to be really successful. You're gonna you're gonna learn things that you never knew existed, both opportunities and and problems, uh, and and really develop that culture uh, of of people that that don't just see it as a job. They they see it as my owner, my my leadership uh, really wants to hear what I what I have to say. They listen and they understand where we are and whether they implement it or not, that just develops a really strong culture that will lead to tremendous performance. So I, I, I boil it down to 
listen to understand, not just to respond. Right on. Well, I appreciate your time. I, um, I, I certainly in as, as an alumnus, I am, I'm so thrilled about what they're doing. And, uh, my daughter is, is strongly, strongly looking there. And so I'm, I'm kind of stoked to, uh, to see, to see whether she lands there, but certainly as being one of the partners that, uh, that's, that's down there. I'm just so stoked on what we're doing. Yeah, me, me too. It's, it's been, uh, it's just been really energizing for me to, to come back and, and be back on campus and just the energy that's around uh, a college campus, but, but then being you know my alma mater two times over uh, and, and just seeing what we've been doing. I've been watching it from afar and, and now I'm, I'm in the middle of it. And man, I, I could not be more proud. Well, look, I, I sure appreciate your time and, uh, and we'll certainly, uh, keep you posted on, on new developments that uh, come from us. And I hope you'll do the same. That sounds good. Thanks for the time, Ed. You got it. Thank you for joining us today on the Defenders of Business Value podcast. If you're preparing your business for sale now or in the future, visit www.valuebuilders.us to begin your journey to to maximum maximum saleable value. And if you want more episodes jam-packed with strategies to maximize value of your business, visit defendersofbusinessvalue.com. Better yet, subscribe now so you don't ever miss an episode. This program is copyrighted MISO Incorporated. All rights reserved.